Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. Instead of becoming yet another burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my own terms, enabling me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating the challenges of two kids, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm now on a mission to help lawyers do just that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both life and law. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 18 of the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder. And I'm really excited to be here with you today because this is probably the first episode that I received a suggestion on. So I had a session with a client and this issue came up and she said, you know, Heather, you really need to do a podcast on this because this isn't just an issue that I struggle with. It's something that comes up all the time in conversations that I'm having with friends and colleagues. And so that is what we're talking about today. So today we are getting into dual career couple with kids and specifically the dilemma that they face in the trade-offs that they make. And we're going to get into what I mean by the dual career couple with kids dilemma. But first, a couple of things before we get into it. So I want to challenge every single person out there to listen to this episode, regardless of whether or not you are a dual career couple, you may not even be married, and regardless of whether or not you have kids or ever plan to have kids. Because the fact is this, we all have to make tough choices throughout the entirety of our lives. And when we deal with these choices, there are trade-offs, okay? And today's episode is especially about those trade-offs and how to acknowledge them, how to deal with them, and how to make decisions that you are happy and content with regardless of the trade-offs that you're having to make. And so I feel it's important for everybody to listen to this, even though the context is going to be specifically around dual career couple with kids. I'm really speaking to everybody here in a lot of ways. The other thing that I would say is I also feel that it's really important that people who do not have kids or people who do but are non-dual career couples understand some of the trade-offs that those of us who are dual career and especially those with kids have to make. I don't think sometimes that we all understand everybody or each other very well. And so this would be very helpful as well because obviously you're going to work with people who fall into this category. Okay, final thing before we jump into today's topic. If you are enjoying the Life & Law podcast, I have a quick request for you. Would you please do me a huge favor by sharing it on your favorite social media outlet. That can be LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is that you are, you know, most often on. I would appreciate it so much, and I have a goal to grow this and get it in front of as many people as I can this year, so you would be helping me out greatly. Also, be sure, if you haven't already, to download the Life & Law Roadmap. There will be a link to it in the show notes. It is your guide to creating both the career and life you really want, and it's also going to help you make some of those trade-offs that we're going to talk about today a little bit easier. Okay, so let's just dive right in. So here are some scenarios that I hear from people. Scenario one, there's a partner, male partner in my firm, who has a stay-at-home wife. He has more time to devote to work and especially business development than I do. And he and my firm employer really don't understand what I deal with. 
Anytime something comes up with my kids, I don't have the ability to go to my quote-unquote wife at home. Sometimes, yes, my husband can help deal with it, but that takes time and energy just to figure out. We have to call one another. We have to figure out what our schedules are and who can do what. And in all honesty, I'm often the one to deal with it because I want to be. I feel like, though, it's held against me. And it kind of makes me feel resentful for this other person and my firm. Scenario number two. I work a lot. I love my work. And my husband has been really, really helpful along the way. But he's got a career too. And he has aspirations as well. And he's starting to take on a bigger role at work. I'm seriously overwhelmed. And I just don't know how to make this work. One of the partners I work for told me to just hire a nanny. But I don't want a nanny to take care of everything and play mom. I want to be the one to do most of those things. Yet I feel that if I don't hire a nanny, it's going to be held against me. Now, these are real world scenarios. These are things that I have seen personally come up within either a client or somebody I've mentored when I was working as an attorney. The first one was actually a client. Second one was actually somebody I mentored back when I was working. And the problem with these scenarios is that if you allow this to continue on, what tends to happen is you bottle all these feelings up. You try to keep doing it all. Then you realize that it's really impossible, because it is, and you end up burning out, wondering why you ever wanted this lifestyle, and worse yet, resentful. And that resentment starts with colleagues. It sometimes moves into clients. And it even builds up for your spouse, okay? And so this is why this is so deadly, this type of thinking. And there's a couple of mindset things that you need to be aware of. Number one, you're comparing apples to oranges and you need to stop, right? So you are not in the same situation as the partner that has the stay-at-home wife. You are not in the same situation as the partner that doesn't have kids. Heck, even a dual career couple that has kids, you're not in the same situation. Everybody has a different life. Everybody has other issues that are going on that you don't even know about. And you're comparing your life and your choices to somebody else's, which just doesn't compare. And this is not going to be a popular comment. It's probably going to be a little controversial. But because I hear this so often, I want to address it. I hear a lot of women attorneys talk about sexism. And that being the main or sole reason why they're not making as much money or they're not being promoted to partner or maybe they're partner but they're not being asked to serve in certain administrative functions like managing partner of an office or something, right? Look, sometimes sexism is an issue, but sometimes it's not. And it's often really a lot more complicated than just to blame, oh, they're just, you know, being sexist. Because in all honesty, It's really impossible to determine whether it is or isn't or whether that's even in play if you don't first separate things that aren't comparable so that you can start comparing apples to apples instead of apples to oranges. And I think something that holds a lot of especially women back out there, and this does hold some of you guys back too, especially those of you who have kids and you are more active in your kids' lives. And so you may also, I know these scenarios that I talked about a little bit earlier were from the female perspective because probably 90% of the complaints that I get are from women (laughs) in this area. But there are men out there in this situation too. So I I just want to acknowledge that. If you're going to make a comparison, and I actually recommend that you don't 
often do that because, it again, it's apples to oranges. You need to make it apples to apples, right? You need to start looking at hours billed, collections, origination numbers, how much time you devote to the non-billables, if that's important within your firm. And you need to get honest and real about the fact that there are differences and that oftentimes that difference in pay and the difference in promotion relates to those things, or at least that's part of it, okay? So I'm not saying that there's no sexism involved, but what I am saying is you're not going to be heard or listened to if there is, if you don't first get real about what is apples to apples. Okay, so the other thing that I want you to understand Because this is really important when it comes to the mindset that you need in order to make the tough choices and be content with them. You need to acknowledge that there are trade-offs, okay? So every decision that you make has one or more trade-offs. Often there's more than one trade-off. And that's hard for a lot of us to admit. We often don't like to acknowledge the fact that there are trade-offs and there's pros and cons to every single choice that you're making. And when you don't do that, that is where a lot of that resentment comes from. And that's where you start to compare apples to oranges, okay? So when you get real about the trade-offs, you can make a better decision. You can be more intentional about it. And you can get to a place where you're a lot more content in the decisions that you've made. So, for example, by choosing not to hire a nanny and hence being the one to deal with your sick kid most of the time, there are going to be repercussions, People may not think of you as being as available as they want. And then that affects whether they want you to work on certain things. That affects their perception of you. And there's nothing you can do about that. Now, yes, you can make up for missed work by working later and working at other times, but you cannot change the fact that you still, you know, you had to rearrange a call to go take your kid to the doctor, right? So, It's time to be very honest about what those trade-offs are and why you have chosen the trade-offs that you are making, okay? The other thing that I will say before I move on is this. Everybody has trade-offs that they are making, okay? And so it's important not just to acknowledge that you have trade-offs, but the other people you've been looking at and comparing yourself to, they do too, And I think this is really important to step back and say, you know what, they're making these trade-offs too, and maybe even identify a couple of them. Because this helps you not be so bitter or resentful and to see, you know what, I've made the right choice here, and this is why I've made the right choice. So for example, let's look at the partner who is the stay-at-home wife with several kids. Yes, you know, he has more time to work. He has somebody else who can take care of his sick kid, but he's also got a whole lot more pressure. He's the only one making money for his family. Think about what that means for him and why that means he acts the way that he does because of that. Think about the fears and the pressure and all of the worry that he probably has that you may not. There are trade-offs that he's making too. Think about the, the fact that maybe he wants to be more active. Maybe he wants to go and, you know, coach his son's little league team, but he doesn't have that ability because of the pressure to bring in the money and to work so much. So it's important to acknowledge that there are trade-offs that everybody is making. And this is going to help you, again, get away from being resentful and bitter because you don't want to go there, right? And it's also going to help you then make better decisions moving forward. Okay, so the third thing that I want you to acknowledge is that you can never do it all. You just can't. It's not possible. Nor can you have it all. 
And I really want you to ask yourself, do I really want that? Here's a hint. No, you don't. Once you get to the place where you're, you're not holding yourself to this impossible standard, it's a little bit easier then to let go, to acknowledge those trade-offs, and to make better choices for yourself. The other thing that I would say is that there are different seasons to life, okay? So perhaps right now you have young kids and you've decided that you want to spend more time. And so, yes, you have, you know, maybe you've made partner and you've, you've started to build a small book of business, but you only want it to go so big. Or maybe you're an associate and you're questioning, do I really want to be partner? You know, I'll be up soon. Or maybe there are other opportunities to be of counsel or staff attorney for a while. It's okay to make these decisions for now because it doesn't mean that you're in that space forever. Perhaps 10 years from now, you decide to try to become partner and build that book of business. And yeah, maybe it's been closed off for you where you currently are, but you could go somewhere else and do it. There are plenty of opportunities later in life, and there are different seasons. And so if you are in a season now where family is more important, that's okay. You just need to acknowledge those are the choices I've made, and I'm okay with that. 5, 10, 15 years down the road, it may be different. My kids are going to be grown, and they're going to be off, or they're going to be old enough where I'm going to be able to start doing these other things and be more ambitious in my career. That's okay. You can't ever have or do it all at once. But that doesn't mean that you can't eventually be more ambitious at work because this season will pass. So now the question is, well, how do you know what the right choices are? How do you ensure that you make the right trade-offs for you in a way where you don't feel resentful or bitter and in a way where you can feel content with where you are in life and the choices that you're making. Let me just say that there's no such thing as perfect decisions. And sometimes you're going to make what you think is the right decision. And later on, you're going to go, you know what? Maybe that wasn't. That's okay. And that's just part of life. The trick is in getting to the point where you're okay with that, where you have kind of a process for making decisions and a mentality that's backing that up, where you can still be content and go, all right, so maybe it wasn't the perfect choice at the time, but I've learned something from it and I can utilize that moving forward. So again, how do you get to that point? How do you how do you do that? Well, there's kind of several things that go into this when you're making choices. So number one, know your definition of success. Have a very clearly defined success definition. And I'm not going to belabor this forever because I have talked about this several times before. So if you haven't listened to episodes 12 and 14, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that. But very briefly, in my viewpoint, success shouldn't just be about you know, hitting certain milestones in life and um, shouldn't just be about achievements. Now, This doesn't mean that you don't have goals and you don't hit milestones, but that's not really what should make up your definition of success. Success should be more about understanding what your values are, having a clearly defined vision for who you want to show show up as in the world on a day-to-day basis, and having an overall vision that's based upon that. And again, in episode 12, I go into exactly how to do that. And this is kind of your your guidepost, your North Star, if you will. I had a client session recently where that's what she called it. So I'll, I'm going to go with that. It, a really clearly defined definition of success is kind of your North Star, your home base. It's your guide for all your big decisions. So you need to understand what that is for you. Because what most of us do in life is we don't think as clearly as we 
could about it. And then we take on other people's definitions. And so it never really makes us all that happy. And so I want you to get really clear about what that means to you. So that's number one. Know how you define success. Have a very clear definition that's values-based. Number two, know your priorities. Know your priorities. Most of us do not prioritize terribly well. We get really confused. I think what happens is we get so caught up in the day-to-day that we lose track of what our true priorities are, what our bigger picture, you know, vision and goals and dreams are. And then we just kind of feel like we're jumping from one emergency to another. And then we lose sight of it. And that's how we kind of end up burned out so easily is because we've lost sight of the the bigger picture things that make us happy that are truly important to us. And we never then go after those things. So understand what your priorities are and know the difference between urgent versus important. And I've said this before. I'm going to say this again. Just because something is urgent does not make it important. And oftentimes, true priorities don't feel as urgent. So you need to get really good about differentiating between the two of those things. So of course, use your values as your guide. That's going to be helpful. That's why that success definition based on your values is so important. And start with who, okay? So a lot of times we get caught up in the what, what our priorities are. And yes, those are important, but I would actually step back from that and start with who. Who are your priorities, you know, look at your your overall life. Who are your priorities and why are they so important? And are you actually prioritizing those people? And then when looking at your clients on your day-to-day, who are your priorities and why? And start prioritizing the things that are truly important, okay? And of course, I've had two episodes around this already, so I do encourage you to go back and listen to them if you haven't, or even if you have, maybe go back and listen to it occasionally because it's really easy to get caught up in that day-to-day grind that I mentioned earlier. So in episode nine, we talked about a productive mindset, and it's really going to help you get more clear around how to develop the right mentality for prioritization. Because prioritization, y'all, is hard. It's about making tough choices, which, of course, is what we're talking about today. And then episode 10 is kind of the nitty-gritty how-to, how to prioritize the things that are truly important and how to differentiate between what's merely urgent versus what's truly important. Okay, so know your definition of success. Have a clearly defined definition that's values-based. Know your priorities. Third, focus on quality over quantity. And you need to be really intentional about this. Something that I know a lot of us fall into, and this is especially the case for us high achievers who work a lot, is we start to focus a lot on the time spent on varying things. And then we beat ourselves up incessantly over the amount of time we're spending working versus spending time with our kids, right? Or our spouse or even self-care. So I want you to stop over-focusing on that. Now, I'm not saying time is meaningless. Obviously, if you're spending no or very little time on important things, that's not great. But I want you to start focusing more on quality. Because the funny thing happens is if you focus more on quality, the time actually naturally increases. And here's why. Quality has nothing to do with over-planning, okay? I think A lot of us get caught up in this, well, if I'm focusing on quality, then I need to make it perfect. And I need to plan the perfect event with my child or my spouse or for me, for my day off, that, you know, this one day that I have. And 
let's be honest, when we plan the heck out of something, it's very rare when it goes the way we planned. And then we feel worse off because it didn't go the way we wanted it to, right? So that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about quality. Quality is about being focused and present fully, 100%. And when you start focusing on being fully present in whatever it is that you're doing in that moment, you're going to do more. You're going to be quicker about it. You're going to be more efficient about it. You're going to enjoy it more. And it naturally then gives you more time for other things, for true priorities, okay? So I want you to think back, to really ground this in. Think back to your childhood. Think back to some of your fondest memories growing up. What are they? What are those moments? I guarantee that the vast majority of them are going to be short moments in time that weren't big pre-planned things. Maybe they were during a vacation, but they weren't, the moments themselves weren't pre-planned moments. Instead, they're just these moments where you're real and authentic and where you got the full, like, meaningful presence of somebody you cared about that gave that to you. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about quality, okay? So turn off your electronics. Be present and focused no matter what is really what I'm getting at. And yes, I know this is hard. A lot of us have trouble with this because we got so much in our minds. So how do you do that? Well, go back to, uh, I think it's episode seven, around mindfulness. That's going to help you train your brain to be more present and focused and aware in the moment. I would start there. Get the Life and Law uh, Roadmap because there are some things in there that are going to help you as well with being more present, with developing that kind of strong, present, resilient mentality that you need to focus on quality over quantity. All right. So that's number three. Number four, identify the trade-offs. Now, we've already talked about the fact that there are trade-offs and that you want to get to a place where you acknowledge generally that trade-offs exist. Well, when you're making choices, you must actually proactively identify what those trade-offs are. Because let me tell you, you cannot make a good decision without doing this. And again, when you don't identify the trade-offs, you often end up making choices with less intention than you realize. And you make choices that you look back on and regret. And so when we have those bigger regrets and when we look back on them often and often make these difficult choices in the wrong way, that's what builds that resentment of, you know, ourselves, of our spouses, of our colleagues, of our clients, etc. So you want to proactively identify the trade-offs when you're making decisions. Be honest about them. Don't hide from them or ignore them. List them out. You know, make a pros and a cons list. Here are the pros to this. Here are the cons to this. This allows you to make better decisions and then choose. Yes, you have to make a choice. It's hard. But knowing the trade-offs, keeping your values front and center, knowing what success means to you, understanding what your priorities, all these things are going to help you make a decision that you're going to feel much better about and say, you know what? Given the circumstances, given where I am in my life right now, given what my priorities are, this is the right decision. It's not a perfect decision, mind you, because there's really no such thing. But it's a way to make a decision that you can feel content with in the moment. And even later on, look back and go, you know, maybe it wasn't. But given what I knew then, it was the best decision I could make at the time. And I'm cool with that. 
Now, a couple things. Note, you're going to make different decisions at different times within your life. I've already said there are different seasons, right? Well, even on different days based on your current and recent circumstances. So, for example, let's say that you are faced with a deadline and you really need to stay late to finish a project, but your kid is having a baseball game that night. Now, maybe this client is, you know, set a deadline that was somewhat unreasonable and you know it and you really probably don't have to do it and they're pretty nice and you've never asked or haven't recently asked to push something off and you could call them and say, hey, look, I'd really like to, you know, to devote more time to this. Can you give me a few extra days? And then make the your son's baseball game and get it finished up in the next day or two. That's a possibility. Sometimes, you know, it really is an urgent thing and you need to stay late. And it's okay to miss your son's baseball game because he's got 15 of them if you've made the last 12. And he's got a couple left, right? So it's it's going to vary based on the day, based on the recent circumstances and your current circumstances. And that's totally okay. Okay, finally... There's one more thing that I want you to do that isn't necessarily related to making these decisions, at least not when you're making the decision itself. All these other things are the things you need to keep in mind when making the choices, when deciding what the trade-offs are, and then actually moving forward and choosing. The last thing is something that you're, you're going to want to start doing just in general that's going to help you with all of this, and that is compare yourself to you. Here's what I mean by that. Instead of looking at everybody else and what they are doing and what they're achieving in comparison to what you're doing and what you've achieved, start looking at yourself over the past year or two. Start comparing where you were to where you are now and do it in a way where you're looking at your growth and development. So a year ago, I was feeling really overwhelmed and I wasn't sure what to do. And so I've made some choices over the last year to put family first and to put my self-care first. And yes, I've, you know, I'm not making quite as much money, but I'm much happier now. And here's why. And here's how that has benefited me personally. And here's how that's benefited my relationship with my child. And here is how, right? So start looking at the growth, the development, the benefits that have come to you over the past three, four, five, six months, year, two years, whatever. Stop comparing yourself to other people and their results and instead compare yourself to you. The other thing that I would say that makes this a lot easier is make sure you're setting goals for yourself, annual or quarterly at least goals, because it makes it a lot easier for you then to see progress along the way. So when you're comparing yourself to you, this makes goal achievement actually a little bit easier and a little bit more exciting, if you ask me. Because instead of just looking at the numbers or, you know, what the end result is, you're seeing your growth throughout. And it kind of helps to motivate you and keep you going. And it helps you to celebrate the progress that you've made and that you're making, even when you don't fully meet your goal. So you're going to get closer than you would regardless of whether or not you meet it, and you're still going to be happier with yourself because you're going to be able to see the development, the growth, the lessons learned, etc. So compare yourself to you. Okay, so a quick recap. Number one, have a clearly defined success definition that is values-based. Number two, know your priorities. Know your priorities. Know how to prioritize. Use your values as your guide and start with who before you get into the what. 
Number three, focus on quality over quantity and be very intentional about it. And that means being as present as you possibly can in everything that you do. Number four, identify the trade-offs. Make a list of pros and cons. What are the trade-offs so that you can make a very clear, intentional, honest decision? And then choose. And then finally, along the entire way, make sure that you are not measuring yourself against others because that's apples to oranges, regardless of what situation they're in. Compare yourself to you. Have clearly defined goals that you can act upon and look back at the progress that you're making as you go so that you can constantly compare yourself only to you. See the growth, see the development, see the progress that you're making along the way. All right, so that is it for today. I so hope that this has helped you regardless of what situation you're in, whether you're dual income with kids, not dual income, no kids, whatever it is. Before I go, I do have two quick things. Again, please, if you're enjoying the podcast, consider taking one small action that will do me a big favor and give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, they tell me it really helps. There is a link in the show notes to make it super easy for you. And I'd be so appreciative if you would do that. Secondly, do not forget to download the Life and Law Roadmap if you haven't already. It's going to help you with everything that I've been talking about here. So do go get it. That's it for this week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life and Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a subscriber, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both life and law, including the Life and Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.